Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke, and joining me on the show is Jay from JJ Fit Camp in Cedar Hill, Texas. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jay. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you here. And, you know, first of all, let's start by thanking you. I think it's a big deal. You're able to take some time away from the busy day-to-day of being a fitness business owner to step back and give back to the industry a little bit. So we appreciate you for that. Um, And, you know, before we really dive into the business, what you have going on, tell us your backstory. What was it that got you started running JJ Fit Camp? Um, Well, it started years ago. I was training with a trainer. I was looking for a trainer and I trained with a couple of trainers. And when I trained with this one lady, um, I was in her class and she said, man, your energy is so awesome. Why don't you think about teaching a class? (laughs) And um, so I taught a class. I wasn't certified at the time. So I taught a class. It was pretty cool. And that was the start. So I taught that one class. It's like, I like this. So um, studied, you know, um, a certification program and got certified. So that's how, you know, how it started. So that's cool. I guess you weren't really expecting your whole life to be a trainer and open up your own gym. You just kind of no. tried a fitness class and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually something that I uh, might be good at. Uh, that's really neat how you kind of found it that way. And so What I would love to do from here, Jay, is just for you to give us your elevator pitch of what is your facility, what services you guys have to provide, you know, the whole nine yards. That way we have a picture in our heads here moving forward in this conversation. Sure. Well, um, first, you know, again, my name is Jay. I'm the owner of Fit Camp. I'm located in Cedar Hill, Texas, and I run an adult fitness program. We specialize in making fitness achievable. So I work with busy professionals that are all over the place and reference the schedule, but they want to get fit and healthy. And I have a lot of functional movements, a functional training uh, to get them back into the game. So along with the workouts, I do uh, fitness uh, and meal coaching. Um, I believe in an 80-20 split. So we do 80% clean, 20% fun to give them a nice comparable balance on enjoying life and getting their health back. Exciting stuff. So you're offering group training, but you also have that personalized kind of meal planning thing on the side, which definitely helps clients see through sure. to their goals because that's a huge part of it. Um, so my next question for you, Jay, would be, you know, uh, how many current members are you serving? I have about a hundred clients. 100 clients and it's just is it just you that's doing this or do you have like staff um well it was me i actually just hired a new trainer um two weeks ago so i have one trainer but uh before that it was just me just you and 100 people so how does that split work do you guys have set class times day to day or you know what does that look like yeah so what i do i have programs uh specific to their schedule so you know you can work out with me three four five or six days per week and generally i have several classes throughout the day i have morning and i have evening classes and i have weekend classes or just say saturday classes 
So uh, depending on uh, you know, what your schedule is, you just kind of fit into that schedule. Um, years ago, I stopped being having that full access, you know, I, I, I want to meet everybody's needs. So I have, you know, specific times and you have to fit in my time slot, right? And it doesn't work for everyone. You know, if it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work. But I have times that, you know, I have for you to fit inside of your schedule, if that makes okay. sense. Okay, got it. So basically like you have specific class times and the clients have to come in at one of the specific times or- yes. They have the availability to kind of move around from time to time. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. You said it correctly. And they don't have to stick to that time. Sometimes their schedule may be different. They may do a 5.30 a.m. one day. They may do a five or a five, uh, 6.30 p.m. one day. They may do a 6.30 a.m. one day. They may do a 7.30 p.m. one day. So it just depends on what their schedule is on that day. So you don't have to have a set schedule, but you have a set number uh, that you can, uh, you, know, you know, come to per week. Yeah, that's great. That flexibility is so important in this industry. Um, if you are really truly helping, you know, wanting to help people see through to their goals, especially busy professionals, offering a little bit of flexibility as to what time they can come in, it's very valuable for you as a business owner. Um, so, for for how big is the facility? Like, how many square foot are you guys uh, as of right now? Fifteen hundred square foot. 1500. Okay. So general rule of thumb in this industry for like a group training facility, we like to say like a hundred members per thousand square feet. So hypothetically, if we're kind of going with that rule of thumb, you could have about, you know, 150 members. Is that a goal for you? Or are you happy where you're sitting at about a hundred members? Um, no, I, you know, goal for me is 350 members. I mean, Heck so yeah. you know, yeah, I don't set it, set it this 50. So or, or 50 above what I am now, um, I can see myself hitting that goal as well. Um, mm -hmm. So the goal is, is, it would be 300, but I would have to add more, more trainers because I, I'm limited to my time, so. Yeah, I mean, as, you know, being only one person, you just hired somebody, but, you know, your schedule's fairly limited in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, you can't always add more class times um, to accommodate sure. if, you're, if your schedule truly doesn't allow for that. So, um, you know, what are you guys actively doing right now to, you know, aid that growth process and get closer to, you know, that 150, 200, 250, 300 mark um, as you kind of grow here? Well, the thing about fitness is uh, it's a hamster wheel. So, and, and what I mean by that, clients constantly come in and go, I would probably be there right by now if I didn't have so many people with different things of life. You know, life happens, babies, marriage, divorce, move. So a lot of things go on to where clients come in, they, they leave. So the numbers just go up and down and up and down. Uh, but as far as what I'm doing, I, I do more of a guerrilla marketing approach. I get out into the community. I go out to some of the local, um, you know, uh, eateries and put flyers up. I run Facebook uh, and social media ads. Uh, I do I use a referral system as well. So there, those are other means that I use to, um, you know, get clients. I love it. So you're really kind of covering all realms when it comes to marketing. You know, you said that you prefer the guerrilla marketing, which is, you know, going out in the community and letting your, the community members know that you exist. But you also kind of touched on the idea of the digital advertising with the social media and stuff like that. And in today's world, that is proven to be an effective way to bring in new clients, a way that we can kind of measure. So kind of tell us about your experience with that, because I think that's where a lot of people 
traditionally we we have a lot of people who are kind of scared to get started in that digital advertising side of things so you know talk to us about your experience there um well my, i've been doing social media marketing for a number of years they it's changed over the years um years ago man you, know, you could spend money i'll say a hundred dollars and get you know ten thousand views on a video fifteen thousand views um but here lately you know you can't get that type of traction unless you spend basically 10 times that. So uh, a lot has changed with the uh, social media algorithms and getting it in front of the right people. I will say Facebook does, or social media, does allow you to um, you know, niche market to specific areas. And that's what I do, I'm, I'm, I'm a niche. So I, I try to you know, hone in on specifics, um, you know, people, uh, you know, social economical groups, um, you know, uh, genders in order to, you know, grow my clientele. I love it. I think it's so, it's such a valuable tool. And like you said, you know, it gives you the option to kind of market to people that you're looking to target, right? Um, yes. You know, and you're, you kind of mentioned before that you're looking for busy professionals, um, people that are like willing to kind of uh, see the value in a higher price point, um, you know, a higher ticketed package for their fitness. You know, you're not trying mm -hmm. to target people that are looking to spend $30 a month on a gym membership. You're looking yeah. for um, people who are looking for something more. So do you typically see that your clients are coming in, you know, with specific kind of goals? Like are people joining because they want to like lose weight, tone up, gain muscle, or like what's that avatar kind of look like? Sure. Uh, well, people join because of that, but they like the community. You know, that's the main thing. Being that we've been in a pandemic the last couple of years, they've been isolated, alone, uh, and they lose motivation and inspiration. So that's one component that I try to add is an inspirational piece, a faith piece, spiritual piece as well. So when I add that component, it gives them a little bit more encouragement to, to push or even stay committed for three, six months, 12 months, um, and you know, that's, you know, the primary objective is to get people that want to be a part of a fitness community, not just, you know, uh, a training program once, once or twice a week. Yeah, I think when you have group fitness, that's such a large element of things. Um, you know, a lot of these people are joining specifically because they can't work out, you know, on their own, or they don't like to work out on their own. They need to be surrounded by like-minded people who are going to push them and help them kind of um, reach their goals. So yeah, they might have a goal of wanting to lose five, 10 pounds, but the community is why they're there. Yeah. Um, and you know, that accountability piece. Um, well, I mean, what, what I always say is that I can get them there, but to get them to keep coming, that's the community, right? Mm -hmm. People get up to work out with people. They get up because, you know, of that buddy system and that accountability. So I can get them there, but it's the group and the community that keeps them there. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say, you know, is the average lifetime of your clients right now? Like how long do they come in and stay, stay with you? Um, Cause I know that you touched on, you know, you're having a lot of people kind of come and go and that seems mm -hmm. to be a little bit of an issue as you kind of grow and, and mm -hmm. any business in the fitness industry is going to have some turnover, but for you, what would you say is kind of that, you know, average client lifetime right now? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it is um, pretty pretty cool. I mean, I have a, a, a cool dynamic. I call them my OGs. So I have about maybe 50, 50 or sixty people that's been with me for three or more years. So all the way up to nine years. So I got people that's been here for a long time. But you know, and then you know, when you're casting out the net, so to speak, you're just grabbing a multitude of new clients. 
and some, you know, stay, you know, and then a lot of them kind of filter in for three, six months. Um, so I would probably say, but like, as you said before, every, every fitness business has a nutrition rate and it's nothing against the training program. It's nothing against the, the trainers there. Uh, but you're getting all these people and, you know, I'll say you get about 10% of every hundred or, or, or to stick around that becomes those same OG. So out of hundred people, 10 people will stick around for a few years. Uh, so I lose 90, but, you know, I'm not here to create enemies. I'm here to create friends. And I understand that life happens and people come back. I've had people leave and come back multiple times. Yeah. I think that that, you know, that's something that we all deal with within this industry is that idea of kind of that turnover and people coming and going, but there are things that we can do to like make people want to hold on a little bit longer. Um, and is that something that like, is that on the forefront for you? Are you looking to kind of increase that average client lifetime so that you can, you know, kind of grow up to that, you know, goal of 300 plus members? Yes. I mean, I'm looking to figure out ways on how to do it. So, you know, a lot of times in the fitness thing, people want that instant success, not just in fitness, but in life or in business uh, or whatever they're doing, they want that instant success, but you have to learn to appreciate the failures. You have to learn to appreciate the process, right? The process of not knowing and figuring it out. And a lot of times it isn't that it's time for people to quit. It's time for them to just revise the plan. So make a quick revision, um, go through the process. You'll appreciate it later on. And, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, motivational sayings. You're, you're learning every way through it. Um, stay plugged into positive people. And um, you'll look up and your business will thrive and your business will grow. And this kind of, it, it, it can't help but to, if you're doing the right things, it can't help but to grow. So um, I've, I've had, you know, fitness classes where I've had 90 plus people in them, right? And exciting. Then I've had classes where no one showed up. <laughs> yeah. So that's an emotional, uh, you know, high and then an emotional low. So understanding that, you know, you're going to buckle down and hang in here and go through the process is is um is invaluable right so i'm an anchor you know i'm not just a temporary uh person and i've been in business for 10 years that's kind of hard to say from for anyone to say right so um so i want to be a staple uh, in my local community and um you know i think i'll get to that 350 soon yeah for sure i think it's so important that like as a business owner we understand that like this is a constantly evolving you know, business. Um, we're always going to have to learn to make changes to what we're doing so that we kind of fit the need of the people and fit the need of the business. Um, and it definitely sounds like you've been doing that thus far. So, you know, my next question for you, because I think that this is where our listeners can pull a lot of value from is, you know, what would you say is your biggest bottleneck within the business right now that, you know, if you don't clear this out of the way, it might hold you back in the future to that idea of, of growing, you know, uh, kind of 300 plus members. Right. Um, as you kind of uh, alluded to earlier, the space, right? You said a thousand square feet, hundred people. So I'm at 1500 square feet. So right now I'm at a point where I have, I have to make a decision, you know, mm -hmm. and when you grow, you, you need space, but there's additional costs associated with that space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll tell you this, when I, when I first launched or, you know, before I launched FitCamp, I was comfortable. I didn't have a location. I was kind of here, I was there, but people were still committed and dedicated. And it was an enormous 
expense to open up a facility enormous and it was scary however once i got in there you know uh you know things just exploded it just it it exploded because when you, you know when you take your business serious people take you serious so right now I'm limited on space. I mean, my class, yesterday we literally had no room in there in my in my class. It was like, you know, we couldn't even move. Even though I I figured it out, but I'm like, I need more space. And, you know, but there's an enormous, ginormous to go from 1,500 square feet to 3,000 or 4,000 square feet. That's a big leap um, in fixed costs and construction. You know, and equipment. <laughs> um, yeah. So you got to really count up the cost to say, well, is this one class being full on Mondays or every Monday, is this going to be worth me expanding to get to that 350? Um, I don't know if I can get to 350 here. I, I don't know, because 350 is a lot of people to service. And a lot of people look at the numbers, but 100 people is a lot to service. That's a lot yeah, of text calls, a lot of follow-up, a lot of birthdays, a lot of uh, anniversaries. Um, it's just a lot, you know? So, you know, uh, the glamour is the fitness training. I'm training, I'm excited, but then you have to plan, you have to stay engaged, you have to coach, you have to mentor, you have to, it's a lot of other things, um, you know, associated with that number 100 or 350, whatever it is, or 50. Um, but I remember when I started years ago and I was down to like two people, I would always imagine that I was training thousands you know, and I know they were probably like, why is he so loud? It's only two people in here. It's only me and him or whatever. But you have to always envision of the end result, even if you don't see it right now. And that is what I've always done. I've always envisioned that success. Even when I had, you know, five people or one person, I always envisioned uh, just the, you know, big groups um, always. And then always try my purpose, try to uh, unite my purpose back to my faith, right? Because yeah. I think, I unite it back to my faith, God would definitely bless it. And, and that's what anything, if you draw everything back to your faith, um, ultimately, you know, God will bless it. So, and he has, and I appreciate him. I owe it all to him. I, it's no, nothing of myself, nothing I've done uh, of me alone. I would, I would say that hundred percent, nothing I've done of me alone. It's all I love that. I, that's so in, inspirational. And, you know, you kind of discussed the the idea of like you don't know if you can can grow within your space right now to 300 members. I mean, you felt a little full yesterday. And so that idea is definitely a bottleneck that a lot of people are facing because how do you think about the idea of moving into a three, four, five thousand square foot facility if the overhead is going to be substantially more than it is now? And that's when a lot of people kind of think about the idea of growing with what they have. So, you know, the idea of adding programs, adding personal training, adding in, you know, extra little streams of revenue within, you know, your current membership base. Is that something that you've played around with at all? Um, or or is it something that's kind of in the forefront of your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Crap. I didn't mean to keep my camera here. Um, yes. So um, adding additional means of revenue through the current uh, client base. Absolutely. Um, because they're already, they're already have as it, you know, accepted uh, the program. They already have gained buy-in into your program. So adding something is definitely uh, something to look at. Now, what does that look like? Like I'm not a promoter of, 
supplement products because that's just, you know, I, I don't want to be overbearing to that point to say, hey, you know, buy this from me, this. But if there is something that could add value um, to them, I, I would definitely be interested in that for sure. But yeah, as far I as like selling shakes and, and pill, diet pills, I'm not a really, you know, I don't, you know, condone or, or I don't condemn it, I, but I don't do it. Right. So um, I allow them to come in and they can, you know, have whatever, you know, supplement that they're taking and, and advertise that. But I just haven't I haven't had a success with it. What happened is my previous uh, franchise that I was a part of didn't allow it. And I just kind of kept that along along the way. Yeah. And I think that like supplements are great if you use them correctly, if mm -hmm. you know how to promote them correctly and recommend mm -hmm. them to your clients correctly. But I think that outside of supplements, yes, that can be a great additional stream of, of income, but there's a lot of other things that you can do. You know, that idea that we kind of discussed before the podcast even came on of the personal training thing. Um, yeah. You know, you're offering meal services already, like places like that are great ways for us to take the current clients who already know and trust us and start to really pull, you know, uh, a little additional um, revenue in through through those clients. So I'm glad that we kind of touched that there because I think that that's, you know, very valuable for the listener. So we're kind of wrapping up our time here. So what I would love for you to do, Jay, is just give us a word of advice that somebody has given you along the way that has really resonated with you as a business owner. Right. Um, one saying that I've, I've never forgotten and I, remember, I forgot who even told me this um but you know well a couple of things Num number one um you know you have to do things today uh in order to be successful that people are not willing to do in order to have the life or the lifestyle that you want um and that these people want to have but they're not willing to do the work so doing the work is paramount you got to do the work i mean it's late nights it's early mornings i know the glamour is the social media now that you know social media has all this glamorous stuff now but the, the work is um it cannot be avoided you have to do the work you have to do the work and you know which leads into the faith piece you can't pray it away either i'm praying but no work you have to do the work you have to have that mentality that i'm willing to do the work i'm willing to do what it takes in order to be successful with integrity and i carry my try to carry myself with integrity anyway um so yeah. with we always say over here like do the boring work right and I think yeah. that that's the part where a lot of people get so distracted by the glitz and the glam, you know, the fun things, you know, making the videos on TikTok and, you know, going out in the community and going to the events and promoting your business. But there's a lot of more boring things that you have to do within your business so that it operates and you're able to grow um, in that that realm. So, you know, I love that you shared that because that's so valuable. And I haven't really had somebody, you know, ever share that information on air. So I love that. Um, Jay, where can we find you guys on social media? So our listeners can check out what you guys are offering over there. Yeah. Social media is at JJ fit camp on Instagram, JJ fit camp. And then on TikTok, I'm new to TikTok. I'm very new. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out, but it's JJ <laughs> camp as well. And then also my page on uh, uh, Instagram is J-A-Y-W-J-O-I-N-E-R. So J-W Joiner on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's, um, it's, it's, it's JJ Fit Camp, I think, as well. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out this thing. Social media, I'm trying to figure out, it's a lot. It, it could be a lot coming at you. 
Yeah, it totally is. It's it's all always evolving too, but I appreciate you for sharing, you know, sharing that with us so that our listeners can go check you guys out. Hopefully you'll gain a few new friends from this episode. And, you know, sure. thank you for being here, Jay. For our listeners, thank you guys as well. Don't forget if you want to stay uh, notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Kevin and Becky from Warehouse Spin and Bar in Airdrie, Canada. What's up, Kevin and Becky? How are we today? We're good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All righty. So let's jump right into the details, wasting no time here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did we get started? So I worked previously for another gym. And then, of course, COVID happened and or studio I guess I worked for another studio and then yeah COVID happened and I lost we ended up shutting down and I lost that community and well I miss I miss seeing everybody all the time I lost that community and I basically like I kind of lost my motivation for working out and everything so mm-hmm. after COVID kind of we've been through kind of everything and as things are kind of slowing down knock on wood that uh we decided I'm I, I, what I'm in a job right now. I like my job, but I don't love it. I'm not passionate about it. And I want to get back to something that I love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm actually in the trades personally. Uh, when Becky approached me about this idea, Hey, this is what I'd like to do. How do you feel? Can you get on board? Um, and, and it was exactly that. It was something I know she's passionate about. And I, I want to generate money for our household, for our, our for our lives, for our future. Um, so when she came to me with the idea, it was, uh, it was a bit of a no brainer. It was, a, it was an easy sell for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, it makes things a lot easier, a lot less stressful, a lot more enjoyable. So that's huge. Um, and especially post COVID, you know, it was really hard to go through that whole period of time, especially if you were used to being around a lot of people and working out regularly, you know, I had a very similar experience. I was seeing 200 or 300 people a day, constantly moving my body, constantly working out. And then to go from that to absolutely nothing was really hard. So I can definitely relate to that. Um, So now as far as your business model goes today, how are you structuring things within the business? Are we doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones, kind of walk us through how you lay everything out within the business? So it's um, group classes. So obviously spin classes, bar classes, um, and then some combo classes, like half spin, half whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, With the 
the plans, I guess, to be able to offer those private, like if, you know, hockey teams want to come in and do dry land training or uh, somebody wants to come in and do a bar class for a bachelorette party or something like that. So Mm -hmm. going eventually towards those more, and then being that I also have a personal training background, I would not be opposed to doing one-on-ones in off hours if that was something people were interested in. Okay. All right. And uh, how long have you been open? (laughs) Technically, we aren't even open yet. We are just in that phase. We just got our bikes yesterday, actually. Oh my gosh. We're in the process of opening our gym right now. Okay. We're still, we're still building the facility. Um, you know, we're we're very hands-on in that regard. Um, we've got a we've got a very very good structure in place uh, in the community in the city of Airdrie. Um, we uh, we've got everything in place with the city. We are just waiting on that last final word to get our business license and, uh, like I said, get the build out finished on the location um, and go from there. So, yeah, unfortunately, currently at the moment as we're having this conversation. Doors aren't open just yet. Okay. All right. That's okay. So, I mean, moving toward opening. So, we're still in the process of getting everything set up. And um, what is the timeline on it? When do you expect to be opening the doors? We're ballparking for June 1st at this moment. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, So, June 1st opening. Now, are you doing any type of pre-sales at all prior to opening? Yes, um, that is something I have actually will be launching that uh, in the next day or two. Uh, we've, I've got the, uh, I just got to get our app um, set up properly with the right pricing. And then, yeah, I hope to start launching that in the next day or two. And we've also, I mean, we've had with social media, with our website, various platforms that we have to reach out and communicate and get in touch with everybody. Um, we are daily getting one or two people uh, sending them a, sending us a message asking when are you opening i'm excited looking forward to this wow it's been a, it's been a couple of years since airdries had the a dedicated spin studio and we're looking forward to that so we're getting very very positive reception we're getting a lot of reception we're getting people reaching out contacting so we're feeling confident going into this and um and again just at this moment in time we're still just putting all those pieces of the puzzle together Got it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So that's super exciting. Uh, now, do you plan on, or are you already, especially speaking of pre-sale, running any type of paid advertising for that through Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything of that nature? What does that look like? How are you getting the word out there about the facility? Right now, as of this moment, we're, it's, it's, there isn't anything paid. We haven't hired any firms or anything to, uh, promote to do an ad to do a spot on the radio to do a spot on the internet to have uh anything with facebook with instagram etc etc uh it's all just been of our own uh our own hard work uh with having accounts on instagram facebook tiktok uh getting out there and so far we're getting very good reception so uh maybe in the future we'll spend some money we'll 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 up the ante we'll we'll try and get some more um, word out there and, and generate some more business. But at the moment right now, no, we haven't spent any money on that. Okay. Um, I will say to kind of add on to that, we were lucky enough to be accepted into uh, Airdrie Economic Development has a really good program for small businesses. Uh, so we were accepted into that. So through that, it's through the city and um, through like the economic development group. So through that, we also get I guess a little bit of advertising in that there's articles about us. There's uh, we mm-hmm. get 
in our local magazine, we get a uh, we get our picture in there and information about that. We've done the Chamber of Commerce, and then we also um, one of the ladies who or one of the groups, I guess, who does uh, spin instructor spin and bar instructor training in up here in Canada. She is running a, a training session through our studio. So through her as well, well she's advertising, we're advertising for her and it's kind of like a joint. Just the okay. other day in fact, after I got back. So my career, again, my, my full-time career is separate. Uh, this is a, this is an endeavor. This is a part-time endeavor uh, to be a business partner with my wife, which, you know, I'm fortunate. Not only do I get to spend my days with her, I get to go into business with her, um, but completely out of the blue without reaching out to anybody, without doing any kind of grind or any kind of work. Uh, we had a fellow uh, in banking profession. Uh, he reached out to us every time he lands a client in the area, he wants to present them with a new fitness membership. Uh, he reached out to several different facilities in the Airdrie area, and that's their business. I'm not trying to knock anybody, cut anybody down, but they didn't reply to him. And mm -hmm. I took the shot. I sat down over a couple beers uh, at a pub here, uh, just in town, just conversation over a couple beers with the guy. And we've landed uh, a gentleman uh, every time he lands. It looks like we've lost sound. Uh, he's going to send us a membership or two or three uh, a month every time he lands a, a banking deal. Awesome. Okay, we lost sound there a little bit. You cut you cut out for uh, probably twenty seconds or so. Um, the connection that. seems to be a little spotty, um, but. Okay, so a uh, local banker in the area has kind of done a, a business to business with you and is referring new members to it's, you. It's That's what I gathered. It's not even referral. It's every time that he uh, he works with mortgages. Every time he gets somebody a mortgage and gets them into their new home, he wants to send them off with a new membership. Um, he's flat out. We've got in 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 contract. He's going to buy memberships from us to present to these new homeowners. Um, so it could lead to one, two, three, five, ten. I don't know how many. Depends mm -hmm. on how many deals he brokers, uh, how many mortgages he sells. Uh, but I mean, we we negotiated that, and that didn't take a dime out of our pocket that was just based on our website and our social media presence. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then as far as your pre-sale goes, what does that look like? What offer are you putting out there? Uh, are they, is it you're selling direct into memberships or some type of trial or what does the pre-sale itself look like? You okay. Can, you can speak so to that. We will have a trial. Will we, we will have like a, a, a trial, a, like a seven uh, class trial. Um, and that'll be ongoing. That'll be for anybody who wants to come and try it new uh, anytime. And then what I'm, the plan is, is I haven't, I haven't quite thought of like the exact wording, but it'll be like a founder's membership. So it'll be a discount on the, and it's probably going to run I'm, I'm ballparking and that's probably going to run for like the first month. And it'll be a founder's membership where if you sign for your membership within this month, you're going to get uh, a discount, a discounted membership. So you're going to be paying that lower, a little bit lower rate from the time you start your membership until moving forward. 
and just an absolute, just a, you know, a friendly nod, just anything, something, a little something for those that are going to join us from the beginning on this journey and, and be a part of it and contribute and help us and spread the word and get people in the classes. Uh, 100%. And that's, you know, as Becky said, we're, we've got wording in place, we've got some ideas, but again, it's going to be something for, you know, you start this journey with us, we're going to acknowledge that. Absolutely. Okay. And how do you plan on structuring the membership itself? Are you planning on offering 12-month memberships? Are you planning on doing packages? How do you plan to roll out the actual membership options themselves? I was just going to say, um, yeah, so we, we have different options, obviously, like a drop-in pass. Um, we're going to offer 10 and 20 uh, like punch cards. I mean, we're not going to have physical cards and then we're going to have a one month, six month and one year, like unlimited. So, I mean, you pay for your month or whatever, and you can come to as many classes or as few classes as you want. We have all our pricing and everything online. Uh, I know there's two schools of thought. There's uh, there's put it up there, let the people do their, their diligence online and, and read up and, and, compare and do their, do their hard, their homework or hard work. Um, and then there's other people who don't want to put that information up. They want people to reach out. They want to be able to make the sale. We, we want that transparency. We want that open feeling. We don't, we don't want that vibe that, Oh, well, I have to phone them to find out numbers. No, we're putting everything out on the table. Everybody's going to have a shot to be able to look at it, read it and make their own decision, draw their own conclusion. Uh, you know, I joke, we're, we're like Maverick and goose. She'll hook them. I'm going to clean them and fry them. Uh, you know, once, once we get them in, it's going to be up to us and, and show that we offer a top level product, that we have superior service, that we have a good facility, that we have great equipment, you know, just get in the door and let us show you what we can offer. And we're, we're confident we're going to keep you. Right. So with that being said, the pricing being put online, I never put pricing online because the way that people perceive value is different. I mean, some people might write you off without ever coming into the doors to actually see what you have to offer based on your pricing alone. So do you think that that might actually affect the amount of people that would come in to try the facility because they just write it off like, oh, nope, that's too much without actually knowing exactly what they're getting within the facility? No, I'm not worried about that one bit. Uh, I, I, contrary to your perception and you're entitled to it. And I take, I don't take that away. I, I give you full credit. Uh, but no, I, I, I don't see it that way. I, our business model, the way we want to be is, is again, open book and honesty and transparency. Um, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, if we have it up, we might miss out on customers. If we don't have it up, we might miss out on customers. We can sit here and speculate all day long. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. No, mm -hmm. I, I stand behind what we have in place. And I'm confident that it will work. And just to kind of build on that a little bit, we did uh, prior to even like we did our, obviously we did a business plan, like any smart, <laughs> smart person did. And mm -hmm. one of the things we did was a lot of, there's, um, there's not a lot of, I guess, competition in our area for direct, direct, like just spin. Um, the closest one is probably like full, Full spin is what, like a 30, 40 minute, drive. 30, 40 minute drive. So, I mean, we, we did definitely look at that, but then we also, I made sure I went through so many different gyms websites. Um, and 
I, I maybe it's just it's an area thing, but it seems like a lot in our area have that pricing on theirs. So I wanted to make sure we, for lack of a better term, we're competing with them so people can see, okay, well, there's their price is in range with the rest of the ones in this area. Mm -hmm. Okay. And are you planning on providing any other levels of services for your members within the business as far as nutrition, accountability, any other levels of service that people can ascend into uh, for one, better results, higher value, uh, and then two, from a business standpoint to allow you to charge more for those specific memberships? Um, yeah, so I, one of the things we did at, at the old studio I worked with, and it's something that worked well and is something I'm bringing over is like, like you said, for accountability, different, um, well, I know we used to do different challenges, uh, like every month or every two months or whatever, but part of it also was, and it was part of my job at the, the studio was, okay, so, so-and-so hasn't been in, in like a week that's not like them. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm having those touch points and those conversations with the people and be like, Hey, I noticed you haven't been in, in a week. Like what's going on? Is there anything I can do to help? Is there any, so there's definitely, I, I want to bring that over. And then from, um, like a nutrition or, uh, different, that kind of aspect, uh, the instructors that we've hired, all have such different backgrounds and um like one is she's a personal trainer but she also has a lot of pilates so what we may do is as an add-on to her classes is okay if you want to take a class with jackie she also has uh, a separate pilates class so we might run like a six-week pilates group or uh, just depending on what each of the instructors kind of can bring to the table because we have one that's a Pilates instructor one that's uh she does a lot of outdoor like road racing so she when she trains on her bike in the studio her focus is endurance as, as opposed to some of the spin classes which you see where they're you know doing a lot of choreo and it's like kind of a dance party on a bike hers are more mm -hmm. so we were talking about potentially doing something in as as a build-up to spring and summer doing some sort of like a road bike endurance class and just it, that way we get to bring kind of our instructors personalities out but then mm -hmm. we get to offer our our members that little bit extra mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. All right. So uh, a couple of different things to kind of pique interests in different areas throughout the seasons, throughout the year. Um, okay. And now as far as kind of going back to people initially coming in the door on day one, uh, once you do get the doors open, you do start regularly bringing people in the doors. Uh, what is the plan for that? Are they going to come in and take a first class for free or something like that? Are they going to come in for a consultation to sit down with you, kind of talk about their goals, what they're looking to achieve? What is that going to look like? Uh, we, we aren't doing free. Uh, that's just not in, that's just not going to be in our business plan. Um, there's, and speaking about accountability here just a moment or so ago, there's, there's no accountability. If we're just going to hand out product, uh, we can, we can put that out there and it looks good and, oh, ooh, I'm going to go try a free class, but there's, there's nothing to keep those people coming back. There, there's nothing attached that what we are looking for, um, 
again, is that accountability, is that interaction, is that community, is that atmosphere of having people together and, you know, a, a, a parallel, a similarity, think of like going to the pub, you know, guys want to go meet their boys at the bar, they want to drink beer, they want to watch sports. We want to have that same attitude with a spin class. Ooh, mm -hmm. it's Friday night. I'm going to class. I'm going to see my pals. I'm going to see my friends. That's that's the kind of attitude that we're building and gearing towards. Mm -hmm. um, so free, free just isn't going to happen for us. Um, because when you attach a dollar value to it, people tend to stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So 100% in that sense. Um, you know, certainly we will recognize, we will run promotions, uh, whether they be seasonal, whether they be, uh, you know, for, for first time, first time, and, and you would ask, um, I'll get back to, I'll get back to that in a moment. You would ask about people coming in, what's, what's kind of be the setup. Um, we're just, we're going to hit the ground running. Uh, we will throw the week throughout the schedule, depending on the instructor, uh, we will offer everything from beginner class to advanced class. Uh, we're going to have, you know, theme nights, we're going to do some fun stuff. So, uh, is there really like a, you know, Oh, to start our business, we're going to start with just beginner classes. No, we're going to hit the ground run and we're going to get going. Um, and again, then back to, uh, the, the hook, line and sinker, reel them in and keep them. Um, and that goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about, top quality product, having a good facility, having great people, and, and just make them want to come back the same way that, you know, uh, John Doe wants to go back on, he wants to go back to the pub on Friday night and hang out with his boys again. We want to have that product. We want to have that environment that people at the end of their work day or first thing in the morning when they open their eyes, oh, I'm going to class. Mm -hmm. That's what we're looking for. And, uh, and unfortunately, uh, there just will not be freebies. That's, that's not in our model. Mm -hmm. To kind of build on that though, um, we are going to have like a referral. So for example, if you're already a one-year member and you bring a friend in and that friend then does it like does the class or whatever, does a drop in or signs up for like the, the trial week or two weeks or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed and I, we are going to have some sort of referral, um, program but what I found in working in a couple of the different facilities that I worked in previously was that as soon as you had those you it like we did say a an intro to spin class and we did it for free you it would fill up that class would fill up but then mm -hmm. come come game day maybe only five people showed up because there was no for them it was like okay the idea is great and I love the idea I'm gonna sign up but then people just didn't, the commitment wasn't there because there was no, which is why I think like our intro um, is a two weeks or seven classes, I guess, seven classes for $49. So, I mean, you're paying $7 a class, which is really, in my opinion, not that much when you can, I mean, go to Starbucks and pay just under that for a coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Just to be clear, I'm 100% against low barrier offers. I did nothing for free. Nobody came in my doors who wasn't paying something for that reason. I want people to come in and I want them to be committed. So the reason I ask that is because most gyms are not profitable in acquisition. It's costing them more to acquire those clients than they're ever actually getting out of those clients. Typically, clients are sticking around for three to six months. Yep. In that time, gyms are not profitable off of that client usually ever. 
So they're spending money to acquire the clients. They're coming in. They're coming in on a low barrier offer. They're paying a super low monthly rate, and it's costing the gym owner more to draw those people in than they're ever making off of that lifetime of that client. That's typically what's happening. So what I like to see is on day one, the client is spending more with you on day one than it costs to acquire that person. Yep. And so then you're profitable from the start and everything else from that point, you're profiting off of that client. Now, obviously we're looking to maintain that relationship longer than three to six months. Mm -hmm. And that's where those other things start to come into play. Um, but across the board, most of the time, what we see is they're not profitable off of the client at all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it takes, you know, then it, it becomes a game of how many people can we get in the doors to keep the doors open rather than providing that high level of service, that value for the client, people who pay, pay attention, right? So they vote with their dollars, you know? So it's like, if they see value, they're getting results, they're paying a higher price, chances are they're gonna pay attention. They're gonna show up to class. If you're doing a nutrition side of things, they're going to stick to their meal plans. You know, they're going to get the results that they're looking for. And when people get results, they tend to stick around. So it all kind of plays into each other, you know, but a lot of, a lot of gym owners kind of have it backwards. It's like, okay, well, let's offer something for free. Let's get them in the door. Let's charge a lower rate than all of the facilities around us. And then, you know, it just kind of builds and they're, not even able to take home a paycheck, you know? And then it's like, okay, well now how am I gonna cover rent? And uh, one thing just kind of feeds into the other and then eventually, you know, the doors close. Um, so, I mean, having that right idea from the start, I think is is huge. Yeah, yeah. agreed, 100% agreed. So as far as goals go, with membership first, what would be an ideal number of members for you at the facility to put you in a good position as far as covering overhead, uh, being profitable, where are we looking to grow that membership to? Airdrie is a city of approximately 70,000 people. And, you know, again, doing the business plan and speaking with the bank and, and just getting uh, financing and lending and funds and getting everything in place. And, you know, we're, we're quite comfortable where we're at. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're proud, we're very, very proud to say that uh, a good portion, uh, vast majority, 90%, and I'm not exaggerating, um, we don't have any bank involvement, um, you know, but we had to have those conversations. We had to find out when we opened up accounts, et cetera, et cetera, everything. And we went over the very question you just asked. Um, our goal, we actually didn't really consider the minimum. Uh, I, don't, I don't have an answer to that question. Um, based on history, based on uh, previous experience, um, we, we anticipate wait lists already. Uh, we haven't even opened our doors, but we anticipate wait lists for the class uh, based on a previous companies uh, in Airdrie uh, that we are going to step in and, and pick up uh, uh, where they left off. We didn't even consider minimums uh, to answer your question. Uh, we're aiming, uh, again, Airdrie is a city of about 70,000 people. We're aiming for about a percent of that. We're looking for about seven to 800 people 
is, is what we would like to have our client base at. So that's just the city we're hoping to tap into. Uh, there's also, uh, there's other communities, Cochrane, Crossfield, uh, major city playoffs right now. If you're familiar with the Calgary Flames, Calgary is only 10 to 15 minutes to North, uh, North Calgary is only 10 to 15 minutes down the road. Uh, people will make that drive. If we offer the superior product, they're going to come. We've seen it in the past. We anticipate that we are going to build on that. Um, so like I said, we're, we're aiming for a client base of about seven to 800 people. Um, and, and that will certainly keep the lights on. Um, but to actually answer your question, I don't know a minimum. I, I don't have an answer to that. Okay. All right. Um, so seven to 800 people is kind of where you're looking to eventually get that client base. How large is the facility? It's about 1500 square feet. Okay. We'll have, we'll have uh, 17 bikes. Uh, with We do have room to grow, but again, this is something um, I, I guess I would say I'm lucky enough or I, I'm, I, I, I've built my kind of spin community from doing my trainings and that kind of stuff. And I know quite a few um, other spin studio owners in the province of Alberta and mm -hmm. just talk to some of them based on and like and they're in small towns that have you know a couple thousand people if that and the, and so kind of talking with them and based on um, their kind of numbers and stuff talking to them it sounds like and it makes sense as well that having a few less bikes but and having a little bit of a wait list because those bikes are consistently being booked looks better and feels better than having say like 30 bikes and only having half of them filled consistently. Mm -hmm. So the plan kind of to kind of grow with that as well is if we can consistently have, you know, our, our 17 bikes filled, then we have, we have room to grow, which is something I would much rather do than have to scale back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Scarcity and urgency go a long way. Um, so, you know, you, you've got 17 bikes, they're filled constantly, you know, it makes it, makes it a little harder for people to get in. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and also it doesn't always have to be a numbers game. You know, it doesn't have to always be more clients, more clients, more clients. If you're providing a higher level of service, you're able to charge a little more per client. A lot of times it's actually a better situation because you're providing a higher level of service for your clients. They're having a better experience. Um, and, you know, it's not you end up working less and making more and helping people at a higher level. So yeah. it kind of ends up working out better that way. It doesn't always have to be about getting a huge amount of people in the doors. Um, so multiple ways to grow a business. You know, we can get more clients, we can get them to pay more and we can keep them longer. So it's a lot cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. Um, exactly. And as you were just saying a moment ago, um, you know, when we were discussing uh, free and promotions and that, exactly, it's, it's retention. You know, mm -hmm. of course, we're always going to be open to welcoming new clients, bringing new people in but retention is more important. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You gotta uh, keep the people that you already have. You know, it doesn't matter if you're bringing people in, you're bringing five people in and six are leaving out the back door every month. You know, yeah. that doesn't put us in a good position at all. And a lot of times people only focus on people coming in the doors and the business becomes about lead generation when really it should be about maintaining the clients that you have, 
providing that high level of service, but then also, yes, bringing new people in. Um, but if there are holes in the bucket, then, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. So definitely an important piece there. All right. Uh, so, you know, overall big picture goals, where are we looking to take this thing eventually? Is this the retirement plan or is that what we want to rely on in the future? Where are we looking to take the business overall uh, in the future? Of course, of course, to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, have, we have had many conversations, you know, whether it just be sitting around the house one night or over dinner, you know, we, we uh, whatever the case may be, we, we have had this conversation. Absolutely. The goal is to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, a second location, a third location, potentially another another city or another uh, community in in Alberta. Um, you know, we're frozen. Build, have money in the account, and again, potentially open up a second location, a third location, and move on from there. Okay. All right. We froze again there. Uh, <laughs> I lost sound. Video is frozen again. Um, oh. But so uh, potentially open more locations in the future. Uh, and continue to grow and build. Of course, uh, in whatever, I, I apologize, whatever you may have missed, uh, <laughs> in a nutshell, of course, uh, we have to focus on what we have in front of us, but the ultimate goal, yes, is to grow, is, is mm -hmm. to expand, uh, possibly second, possibly third location, somewhere else in Alberta, whether we expand into the big city, Calgary, just, just south of us, or if we find another small community or something similar to Airdrie, uh, yes, that is the dream. That is the hope. But mm -hmm. for the moment, it is to grow the first location, uh, ground zero and build from there. Got it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? We are on Instagram. I think we're on all of the, uh, all the social media things, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're out there. Our website, www.warehousespinbar.ca. Um, but for to, to be completely honest, Instagram right now is kind of our bread and butter. So mm -hmm. that's where you're going to find updates, um, promotions, all that kind of stuff is going to be more so on Instagram just because that's what I know. Okay. All righty. Sounds good. So Kevin and Becky from Warehouse Spin and Bar in Airdrie, Canada. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, we have Matt Holden of Archetype CrossFit coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Matt, what's going on, man? How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to to pick your brain. In the grand scheme of things, this is a a very, very new business. And so I'm sure that the perspective that you bring to the table is going to be a, a fresh one, at least from the entrepreneurship side. Before we talk strategy and tactics and all of that, give us a little bit of context into Archetype CrossFit and how you describe this gym in the first place, Matt. Yeah. So uh, Archetype CrossFit is a place where we want to help people bring fitness into their already busy lives. Um, so when I first found CrossFit, I was just a little bit out of college. I was working in a sales job, so I was super busy. It was the first time in my life my fitness started slipping away from me. And mm. when I found CrossFit, I was like, oh, sweet. One hour classes, I get to show up, it kicks my butt, and I'm in and out. I can get back to work. Um, now, of course, I've transitioned from there and I'm a professional trainer, but what I really remember from that, what I keep to the core of what we do at ACF is helping people bring fitness into their busy lives. So make it as easy as possible for people to achieve great results. So what I like to tell people is the hardest part is getting in the door. From there, we've got you. Yeah. And so take me back. I want to hear a little bit of the, the origin story of Archetype originally. Tell me not about the moment that you guys opened the doors I don't, day one important, but I'm more interested in beyond that. Tell me about the, the moment the idea popped into your head. Hey, I'm going to open up my own gym. Oh man. Um, it was kind of a gradual process. So I, uh, like I said, I was, I was working in sales out of college and, um, I'd always played sports and always kind of been involved with uh, athletics and fitness. Um, I've got four siblings and uh, my parents would take us all to the, the big box gym on Saturday morning and they just kind of let us loose to run around for a few hours. So it was always kind of part of my life. And then it, didn't, it took me until, man, probably my mid-20s to realize that the position I was in and the experiences I had with fitness were kind of unique and that not everybody grew up that way. Not everyone grew up with, with this kind of baseline of activity that I had. Um, I was selling wine initially out of college, which was a very fun job to have as huh. like a you know, 22, 23 year old. Yeah. Um, so I got to learn a lot about wine. Um, and I was, uh, I was kind of bopping around, really putting everything into that job, into that career. And like I mentioned before, that was the first time where I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, oh, I'm not as lean as I used to be. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking as strong as I used to feel. And, and um, so that's when, you know, everyone has that, that moment of like, oh, something needs to change here. So that's where I found CrossFit, of course. And then it took me a couple more years to realize that I wanted to marry my career with fitness and helping people. So I kind of come from business being my primary uh, area of expertise that I really invested in my career and fitness as a career came later. It was yeah. when um, I was actually in, I'd moved to Chicago for a, a new sales job. And uh, in that job, I fell flat on my face moving in the city. I, I don't think I sold a single thing in that role. Mm. And um, 
And so when I was let go from that position, that's when I walked into the, the gym that I was a, mem a member of at the time, walked in and, and said to the owner, hey, I'd, I'd like to get involved with coaching. Because the idea had always kind of been in my head of, wouldn't it be fun to be a coach? Wouldn't it be fun to make this my career? But I never took any action towards that until I was really pushed by that career transition. And so from that moment on, I really dove in headfirst into being a coach and being a fitness professional. And then when that gym I was working at closed at the end of 2020, that was the moment where to now we're getting to the answer of your actual question, where I was faced with, okay, do I try to find a full-time job working at another gym? Do I try to transition into, you know, back into a corporate sales role? Um, or should I just have a go at opening my own gym and really trying to make, make a place that, that caters to, to, you know, what I would want if I was still in the professional world and wasn't in the fitness world. So that was really the moment where I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it in a way that I think serves people the best. I think the, the last couple of things that you just said, there really, really tee up our conversation because CrossFit as a brand, historically at least, has become this glorifying of, of competitors and the games and people going way, way out of their lane. But you just described it as if I was someone still in the, the business professional world, what would the service be that I was looking for? That's who this is for, right? Yeah. And 100%. That dichotomy is, is something I, we wrestle with every day of people who will walk into the gym and say, hey, I'm interested, but I don't want to get hurt. Um, because there's, there's definitely that image of CrossFit as being dangerous and, and being kind of a reckless thing or kind of like a hardcore thing to do. Um, but what I really like about that is a training style. And I like, to, I like to create some distinction between CrossFit as like a culture, which would include the CrossFit games and things like that, versus CrossFit as a training style, which is more just the the physiology of we train with weights and barbells and we do body weight stuff and cardio and we mix it all together and yeah. that sort of thing. I think that's a really that's important. That's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and myself and my team, we talk about that a lot and we really um, prioritize communicating that with our members and with people who are interested in joining the gym that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, in air quotes, a crossfitter to join ACF uh, to get the benefits of CrossFit. You don't have to go all in to, to this style, this lifestyle, but from a training perspective, it can absolutely help you get where you want to go. And, you know, um, as you know, and as I'm sure, uh, everyone listening, you know, most people join a gym to lose some weight and gain some muscle. And you can absolutely achieve that through doing CrossFit, even if you don't fully go into, I want to compete and I want to throw down and I want to take my shirt off and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in fact, that's a deterrent for a lot of the people that we're talking about in the first place. And so we've got a little bit of, of entrepreneurship experience under our belt now. It's been about half a year of, of you operating this now. What's been your absolute favorite part about being a business owner? And then as a challenge to that, what's been the hardest part about being a business owner so far? Yeah, Um so I'll start with the first one. The, the, the most fun part, the best part has been seeing the direct results of the effort that I've put in. You know, it took me 
from the moment that I told you when my old gym closed and I decided I'm going to open my own gym, it took a full 14 months to actually get the doors open on the new gym. Um, so it was, it was a lot of time of telling people I'm going to do it and planning to do it. And everyone kind of congratulating me for you're going to do it to where that transition happened. And, oh, I am doing it. And like actually getting the doors open, and actually having it happen. And now we're celebrating our six month anniversary, our half birthday at the end of this month, we're going to have a little party at the gym. And the most fun thing has been that it's worked. You know, like what I set out to do, which is to start building a community, help people bring fitness into their lives, help people find that joy and that passion for, for fitness and for CrossFit the way I have and so many people have, it's working. And that's the most fun part and to see my coaches joining on, joining the team and really helping to carry that and see them doing an even better job than I could of delivering that message to our members and making sure everyone has a great experience every day that's for sure been the most fun part. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a journey. And I'm sure that there's been plenty of successes. And, and I'm sure that there's been some things to overcome as well. But the model of this, Matt, being traditional to the CrossFit group training experience, for you guys in, in such a short time, what's been working from a marketing standpoint to get people a aware that the business exists and b to your doors so you can explain your value. Yeah, that was something we that I, I put a lot of intention into and it's been our biggest asset so far from a marketing perspective is our location. Um, uh -huh. Where most uh, functional fitness or CrossFit gyms are in kind of warehouses or um, kind of a little bit off the beaten path. We actually have a storefront that's right on Broadway Street in Lakeview East in Chicago. So it's a really buzzing neighborhood where at any moment you can look out the door and there's, you know, dozens of people walking down the street. So there's a lot of foot traffic. And more importantly than that, it's very close to where people live. So every week I get phone calls from people saying, hey, I saw that you opened up. I live right around the corner. I'd like to learn more. And that's been very key so far. When we get into the conversation, you know, later on in the conversation, we start talking about what the next steps are with marketing. Um, eventually, we're going to have to do, do something a little bit more, um, invest in something a little bit more external for marketing. But right now, having a good visible location has been the best thing for just driving interest. Yeah. And then the next question is, what do we do to actually take that interest and convert it into people joining the gym? That's where making sure, A, we do a great job every day with giving our current members a good experience so that they say good things about us. And when their friends ask, they say, it's great. You should check it out. You should go talk to Matt. Uh, that's our number one priority. And then number two from there is, is um, having a really good tight system for when people do inquire that we follow up and we give them good information and we, we push it to the next steps. Yep. And and so you teed me up perfectly for success here, Matt. We're, we're getting leads, albeit mostly because of drive-by or, or foot traffic at this point. You mentioned the idea of changing that strategy or adding to that strategy in the future, which I think is sound. But for now, when someone reaches out, says they're interested in the gym, walk me through what a typical sales process looks and feels like for them to eventually sign up. Yeah. So... They would reach out either, um, they'll go directly to our website and our website's built out to 
make the, the path clear to this, this person who's interested that the next step is to book your intro. Um, and so ideally people will go to the website and book their intro or they'll just fill out the contact me form or they'll just walk in. Either way, that establishes our first contact. From there, the next step is I have a conversation with them just to set the table in general. I ask, what's got you interested in the gym? What have you done before in terms of fitness? And what are you looking to achieve next? That, that last part is really important because we want to be a results-oriented gym. I don't want to just keep people busy for an hour a day. I really want people to be so excited about the changes that they've made in their lives as a result of training at ACF. And so we try to set the table early on with what are you looking to do? Because the sooner that we know what someone's goals are, the better and more effective we can be at helping them achieve them. Yep. So now, who handles a lot of this? Is this you meeting with a lot of these prospects? Yes. The sales process is 100% me right now. Okay. So it's as, as the owner, that's definitely been a focus is starting to delegate because for the first month of gym being open, I was the only employee. So I coached uh, all the classes from uh, 7 a.m. until you know, 7, 8 p.m., uh, Monday through Saturday. And I knew that wouldn't last. And fortunately, I'm, um, I'm very lucky to be standing on the shoulders of giants with uh, a lot of gym owners who I've talked to and have given me great advice and, and good, uh, good um, progressions to follow of building out the business. Uh, but yeah, sales is the one thing where because of my background and because I genuinely enjoy uh, connecting with the new with people who are interested in prospects and either taking them through that whole process to becoming members. And then it's like, hell yeah, you're part of the crew. Um, or, you know, if somebody, it's not the right fit for them, then I'm totally okay with that. Um, and that's been a big part for me of just taking down the anxiety level around sales, which I know for, for myself was a big thing. Um, but just dialing in my process to where it's okay if somebody says no, and I'll know why it's not, a, not the right fit for them. And, and shifting my, my lens on sales to not be like either I win or I lose. Instead, it's either they're a good fit and I adequately explained what we do and why they're a good fit for it and why you know, this is gonna help them. Or I adequately explained what we did and who would be a good fit. And it turns out it wasn't them. And, and that's cool. So that's been yep. a big thing for me in terms of managing that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting perspective shift because sales in general in the fitness industry kind of gets a bad rap. People shy away from it. But the way that you look at it is I need to find out the information about this person and what they're looking to do so that I can help them. I have a product that could truly benefit these people. How can I deliver it to them in a way that's meaningful and how can I get them involved in a way that they feel good, confident going into this? It's, a, it's incredibly exciting to hear about. And, and so the ball is rolling. We've got people signing up. Obviously, we don't have a ton of, of long-term data going into this, only being open just shy of six months. But as far as retention and, and the longevity of memberships, what plays into that most in your mind? What's the biggest influencing factor? The biggest influencing factor in my mind for retention is keeping people fully engaged in the program itself. Um, you know, creating social connections is also very important. But if my members can 
and walk in the gym each day and see the workout that we're doing and say, okay, this is going to move me forward in X, Y, Z way, then that I think is the best thing for keeping people engaged long-term. Um, the thing about the micro gym model, which I think pretty much all, all, all the listeners here are micro gym owners, um, is we're not charging $19 a month. And so if someone stops coming to my gym, they're going to see that bill hit their account next month. They're going to say, oh, I'm throwing that money away. I'm going to text Matt and cancel right now. And so the model needs to be for, for me to keep people engaged with their training, make sure they're, they're feeling that they're getting better at, you know, getting stronger, uh, getting leaner, getting better at jump roping, whatever it might be every day that they come in the gym. And so to support that, we have uh, one system that we do our goal review sessions. That's what we call them, where we use an in-body scanner so that we can track metrics around this, their body weight, but also their muscle mass and their body fat percentage. And then we have an app that we use to track workout performance and lifts and things like that. You know, I back squatted 200 last week. This week, I'm going to go for 205, you know, something like that. Yeah. So we have numbers yeah. around that. Then we check in every 90 days with each member and say, hey, how's it going? How's our progress? We're, we're down 2% body fat. We're up two pounds of muscle, rock and roll. Or the opposite, hey, we're up 2% body fat. Muscle mass is the same. What's going on? You know, what can we do better to make this work for you? Yeah, it's, it's a, a number of things, right? If I'm to summarize what I hear from you, it's not one thing. But at the end of the day, customer experience, progress, all of these things keep people coming back. Now, taking a step back from all of this, Matt, our conversation so far has really just been, where do we get new people from? How do we convert them to members? And how do we keep them beyond yeah. that? But as you look forward with this business, beyond a year, beyond two years, where do you see the future of ACF? So as I mentioned, we're in like a neighborhood, right? A lot of people live nearby. What I see in the future for ACF is being kind of a neighborhood fixture around here. The, this particular area in Lakeview in Chicago is a lot of other small businesses. And I want us to be the place where people walk past the front window and wave inside and say, hey, to me sitting at the front desk or whatever coach is sitting there. And um, it's a place where we have members who have been here for the last six months. They've been founding members. I would love for their kids to start coming and training at the gym when they get old enough and for people to start inviting in their, their, their parents, you know, start doing a, a program for people who are 65, 70 plus uh, like a dedicated class for that. And so really expanding out the age range of people that we serve going younger as well as going older um, to really have this gym just kind of be buzzing all day with people who are smiling and people who are working towards their goals. Yep. As you, as you look to the future, I think it's important to, to stay realistic and humble. What do you perceive as, as some challenges for yourself as the owner of this in the, in the short term or, or medium term here? Absolutely. The, there's one trend that I've noticed in a lot of these group fitness micro gyms is that there's, there's usually kind of a, a stock market like build, like a, a bull and bear sort of thing going on where when there's a good coaching staff, the, the membership is growing and everyone's loving it and social media is blowing up and people are tagging each other and you know, all this good stuff. And then there's usually a pattern where something happens, either it's a disagreement between the owner and that coach, or 
that coach needs to grow their career. And so that coach leaves. And then with that coach goes another coach. And then with those two go 40 members. And so that's a pattern that I've seen in a lot of gyms that I've been part of in the past. And for me, that's something on my radar of how do I avoid that? So some of the things I'm working towards are off the bat here with my coaches, trying to identify who wants to build a full career in fitness and being a professional trainer and me helping them build their personal training book, helping them expand their skill set into either specialized programs or nutrition or something like that. And, um, and also identifying who is okay with coaching being their part-time gig and having mm. another full-time job while supplementing with sure. just having fun and coaching a handful of classes per week. So that's for me, the biggest threat to the gym is too much turnover which then kind of undercuts the culture that we're trying to build. Yeah. When Staff the and the member turnover that you're talking about, right? Both Precisely, yes. Yeah. Both of those things. And so that's the, the biggest thing that I, I have on the horizon as um, the next dragon to slay, so to speak. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge that everybody in the industry goes through, but the better we can tackle that, the better everything else flows, right? At the end of the day, there's one matt holden you can't coach all the classes and be the business owner and do all of these other things we need a team we need a staff behind us and and establishing as you described it that culture is is intangible it's hard to to measure or put words to but when you know when when it's there you feel it and when it's not there you feel it even more and so that's a fantastic place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up, Matt. But before we do that, why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about ACF? Is there a website? Is there social media links? Where can people go? Yeah, the best place to look right now would be check out our Instagram. It's at Archetype CrossFit. That's A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-E. Um, that's where we do most of our social media stuff. And uh, we're starting to post a little bit more now that I have once again ask one of my coaches to take over that. So I don't have to do it, Um, but you'll get a great feel for what we're trying to do in the gym, the culture we're building, the type of people that, that uh, we serve and and our members. And um, we of course have a website and all that, but the the best place to go to learn more would be our Instagram page. That's fantastic. Connect with Matt and the ACF crew on Instagram guys. I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what the future of this. It sounds like, Things are still ever evolving at the new new beginning, but I can't wait to see how this shapes up for you and, and the impact that you're able to make. We'll have to get you again on down the line because I'm sure that there's plenty of things that we didn't even get to talk about. So we'll invite you back here in the future. But for now, thank you. And I wish you nothing but the best. Oh, this is a blast. Thank you very much for having me on and good luck to you guys as well. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.